0: for tuning in. So glad you are here for our Linden Road online experience. And if this is your first time, we want to give a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And you could do us a favor by clicking on the digital connection card or leaving a comment here in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, scroll to the bottom of the screen. You'll find a link here to our connection card. And we'd love to know uh, who you are and your email address. And if there's something we can be praying for with you, And as well as if you've got a question you might want to ask, and we can certainly leave it there, and we'd be uh, delighted to have that conversation with you. And we certainly hope it's not your last time, so thanks for being here. And if this is your spiritual home here at Linden Road, and you've joined us online, we say welcome to you also, and pray good things are happening in your world. And as we gather here this day, there's a couple things I want to share with you. Man, it's just a week away from Thanksgiving, and on Thanksgiving Eve, November 22nd, we will be hosting the ninth evening of the Thanks Living worship experiences here in Mansfield. It will be a great evening of gathering with others here in the community to give thanks for all that God has done in our lives together. Uh, November 28th is the culmination of the Richland Gives campaign. It actually began last Monday. It's a day designed to encourage everyone in our community to contribute to local nonprofits that are making a difference and doing it together in one day. Since its inception in 2015 on Giving Tuesday, you know, we have Black Friday, and then Monday is Cyber Monday, where you're supposed to be doing your online purchasing, and then Giving Tuesday is the next day, and that's the day when we focus on helping nonprofits leverage their impact in the community. And just to help leverage our participation, I wanna share this video that tells our story here at Linden Road. London Road is one of the original ten churches of downtown Mansfield. Yeah, we moved out here in the 50s. We're a little over 200 years old.
1: The church is not just a building. The church is all of us and it's going out into the community to spread the word of Christ. And we do what we can to help people give them a hand up and walk with them so that they can be provided with what they need so that they can better their own selves and continue their own walk with Christ.
2: We like to go out in the community and serve meals. We do helping hands lunch down there on Bowman.
1: We also do meals with Point of Grace that's downtown. And not only do we just serve the meals, but we also sit down with our neighbors and we talk to them, you know, get their story. Sometimes some people just need a listening ear.
2: The Facebook page for People Helping People, it's always asking, says, we have these dates open, can anybody fill them? I'd say 99% of the people that make those lunches are different churches. You know, so if churches weren't there filling those dates, they would be people going hungry.
1: We have a pots and pans ministry here at the church that through Love Inc., you know, we are connected up with persons in the community that maybe had just moved into the community or having uh, just came out of homeless shelters, people that are in need of things to be able to have a stable home life.
2: Love Inc. sends me a name and address and phone number, and I call them and ask them what they're in need of and they say, do you have any silverware? Because we don't have silverware. And then sometimes they have like little kids and they're like, we have plates. You know, things that you just take for granted.
0: An amazing story, and you just don't realize the reach, so we were hosting a youth event here, it was a simulcast, and we ordered pizza from a local pizza company. And when the person arrived, to deliver walked in and they said oh I know this church. A few years ago I was really in a difficult place and you all blessed me with uh, kitchenware with uh, pots and pans and silverware and you know what it's like I just gave those to my daughter because she's working through the same kind of thing right now.
1: We've uh, had people we've helped them find jobs we refer um, so we've had quite a few people that have called us back and say hey I've got this job now and You know, I'm doing really great. We're a small church, but we are a mighty church. We don't have the resources to do these big projects worldwide. But, you know, anybody can do something. You know, even if you're just going to your neighbor and saying, Hey, are you doing okay? You know, is there something that we can help you with?
0: We just want to meet people's needs and to love them with the love of Jesus. And and so that's where our folks get really excited about being part of that.
2: Like Tom says, You're a blessing to be a blessing, so go bless other people.
0: So this is one day in which we all give together to make a difference here in the Richland County area, and I would invite you to participate. It's above and beyond our normal budget needs, and the dollars raised through this particular program is going to be used to underwrite our pots and pans ministry, something that we continue to do here in the community in a very positive way. Even last week one of the neighbors we served was a person who had to leave their home very quickly and so they came to Mansfield with not much means but needed encouragement and we were able to provide them with a box full of uh, pots and pans and eating utensils and kitchenware and just a way to encourage them in this season. So we'd invite your participation. And as we begin our time of worship today, let's think about the things we're grateful for. We give thanks to God for.
3: Though I wake to a world with more questions than answers, where dissonant voices ignite division, my heart will stand firm in this decision. I choose thankful. Though I walk through a landscape that is uncharted and foreign, the once familiar seems lost and forgotten, I will remember that nothing is unexpected to my Father in Heaven, and I choose thankful. Though I live each day uncertain of tomorrow, I will accept that tomorrow was never certain and cherish every chance to witness the wonder of creation. I choose thankful. I choose faith in what is unseen. Hope for a future beyond the adversity. Love spoken despite animosity. I choose to believe. And though the struggles I face may be painful, though it sometimes seems impossible, though I fall a thousand times covered in the dust of failure, I am able to rise. Not because I am strong, not because life is perfect, but because in all circumstances, Jesus lives. When this world stands perplexed and demands I give a reason for the hope that I have, I can only say that in Jesus' name, I choose thankful. It's not a simple choice not an easy choice, but it is the only choice that brings calm in the storm. Not by my power, but through the strength of Christ alone, I choose thankful.
4: The church is at a tipping point cultural moment full of distraction from growing division, we're leaving the next generation unseen and with unmet needs. And they're abandoning their faith at an alarming rate by more than one million every year. That's two more people just by the time you finish watching this video. This is important for all of us. For the next generation, as they approach adulthood isolated and anxious about the state of the world without the hope of jesus or the support from a community of faith and for the church as we miss the opportunity to learn from and care for a generation of leaders thinkers and innovators whose perspective and tenacity would shape the next chapter of the church and its work in the world so what can we do we're making a 10-year commitment to the next generation To change the way we listen to, support, and disciple together. And to partner with leaders in reaching and caring for the next generation. We don't have all the answers, but we know it's time to start the conversation. Why? To see the world that could be, where young people are engaged in honest relationships with Jesus within a community of faith. To see congregations and parishes practice the way of Jesus, expressing God's love to all generations. To see faith matter more to 10 million young people over the next 10 years. But it'll take all of us.
0: series called Pursuing a Deeper Life. And last week we looked at this understanding of openness and the conversation we're having is to really try to understand what it is that young people are looking for in this next season as we all try to figure out what church should be in a post-pandemic world. Uh, Much of the confusion that exists in our culture, I think, stems from just this deeper desire that so many people are walking through right now And so last week we talked about openness, and this week I want to talk about this concept that I think is very fundamental to the Christian understanding, which is this idea of belonging. And what that really is all about is being able to move from being connected, in a sense of being open, to actually having a sense of deeper connection with others. And it's something that we have to cultivate, something we have to be very intentional with. So, but when we start with trying to understand this concept of belonging, it it really is a a deep, sincere connection for all generations. Last week, I shared this graph with you that unpacked the age groups, the different generations, right? We're talking about Gen Z, which are those that are born between 97 and 2012. Uh, And then the Millennials are the next group up, which is 1981 through 1996. And then Gen X is those that were born between 65 and 1980. And then the boomers are the 1955 to 1964 age group. And then the elders or those that some call the greatest generation are the ones that were born previous to that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, the writer says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female he created them. See, our sense of connection, our sense of relationship comes from the very fact of how we're created, that our need for each other, uh, even the sense of belonging, it's not a weakness in who we are, but actually it's a fundamental, even a core concept of what it means to be human. I just think about here in our own community, even this week I had a meeting at the public library to talk about emergency response preparedness. As I parked there on Mulberry Street next to the library's parking garage, which by the way happened to be where Linden Road started as First Presbyterian many years ago, In downtown Mansfield. And as I walked to the door of the library, I'm certain the people I passed, it was clear that they were part of our homeless population here in Mansfield. All of them had large bags, some food they were carrying, uh, boxes of food. It was just interesting. It happened to be the day that food is distributed through Grace Episcopal through the Cleveland Food Bank. And I'm certain if I could have stopped and talked with those folks that I'm going to guess that many of them believe in some way that they're not invited to be part of the larger community, that there are actually barriers that are there. There are even systems that are built to keep them out. And then in another experience earlier in the week, uh, our local municipal court judge invited me to come and sit in his courtroom and just watch the arraignments that day. 47 different uh, encounters in a two and a half hour period. Everything from a young mother who was in on child endangerment charges, as well as a number of people, more than a dozen, who had been arrested on the interstate for driving above the speed limit. One guy actually was clocked at doing 107 miles an hour. And then a number of people who were there because they didn't have a driver's license. And it was sad in some sense because uh, three of those individuals were Hispanic people. Those three individuals didn't understand English. And there is a law now that just recently was enacted here in Ohio that requires that they can't have just a friend translate for them, that any translator has to be somebody that's certified by the state Supreme Court. And so in all three of those cases, they had to reschedule the hearings. And I felt sorry for one person because the hearing actually got pushed to February when they would have an opening to have a translator there. And so I think there's many things like that, language and life experience, trauma, the things that people experience, that there are barriers that keep them from feeling a sense of connectedness. And I think part of what we have to understand, and I think it's a necessary component of building relationships and connections towards other people, even this idea called reconciliation. Because I think part of the core concept of the Christian faith isn't that we just assume that God has wired humans for belonging and connection, and that idea actually already exists within the Christian community, and where as we begin those relationships and we actively pursue that being reconciled to each other, Paul says in Second Timothy, here in verse 1, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. And I think it's beautiful that Paul calls Timothy his beloved son. And, and what does that mean? I think it's really core that we see it's the concept of the spiritual family and how there are these deep ties, these strong ties that develop within the Christian community that are underscored by Paul's writing. In particular, this relationship that Paul has with Timothy, this understanding is underscored, their commitment to each other and their commitment to God. And why is that? Well, it's based on a shared understanding, a shared commitment, a shared belief, And it's also based upon a shared trust and upon their life experiences together. And so, just like Paul and Timothy, for us as human beings, the need and desire to belong is something that is universal to all of us. It goes beyond all boundaries, cultural, racial, and social. And I think what's really core as we unpack this is that every person, no matter who they are, of every generation, that we all need each other to be connected. That we need to have people speak into our lives to help give direction to where life is taking us. And when I think about that, one name in particular stands out, who I think has focused well on this whole idea. Is it's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German theologian, and he was also a pastor during World War II. And he wrote a book called Life Together. Where it talks about Christian community. And in this book, he he emphasizes that this idea of belonging is isn't just a matter of shared beliefs or social ties, but that it is rooted in the shared commitment that we have as serving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so the idea of being in Christian community, Bonhoeffer in particular, highlights the importance of belonging to a Christian community. He says, first, that it's essential for spiritual formation and growth. He says, we are called to live in community because it is only in community that we can learn to be Christians. Again, that's from Life Together. And Bonhoeffer also maintains in a second point that Christian community provides a space for mutual support and for encouragement. Again, he writes, we need one another in order to live our lives as Christians. And then finally, a third point that underscores the idea of community is he says that community plays a crucial role in the mission of the church. He writes again, the Christian community is the body of Christ, and it is through the body of Christ that God works in the world. And all of that ties into this idea of belonging in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And what Bonhoeffer does is he emphasizes that our belonging in Christian community is not merely a horizontal connection between individuals, but it's something that also is connected through our vertical relationship through Jesus. He goes on to say, Our community is not based on our own achievements or our own goodness, but on the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And so he wants us to see very clearly that it's that vertical connection that gives foundation to or even grounds our sense of belonging, and it helps to provide a sense of security and stability when life is up and down, that we need each other. Bonhoeffer writes again, in the Christian community, we are united not by our own efforts or our own righteousness, but by the grace of God. I think for me, one of the joys I've taken in this season of life here at Linden Road is the relationship with those that are my elders especially, as they have shown me how they've lived life through adversity. And So think about that for a moment in your own life. Think about the two or three people who you have had a relationship with that have given you a true sense of belonging. It could be a family member, it could be a close friend, or... A trusted teacher or coach. And then as you think about that, let me ask you this, what makes that relationship unique? I know for me, one person that invested in my life that made a huge difference was a gentleman by the name of Tom, who was a photographer at the local newspaper and photography became a passion and avocation an of mine and how he mentored me through that by taking me to photo assignments with him. And I learned Yeah, the skills and the art of photography as a visual medium. And so those things are unique, and, and it's beautiful when those things happen. And if you're a young person or a teenager, are there any ways you have noticed in your own life these relationships shift as you get older? Because belonging is how we are all wired. And then our second understanding today is that belonging is something that has to be nurtured and celebrated. Again, Paul begins in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Continuing with verse 5, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And what I love about this particular passage of Scripture is the nurturing role that Paul points out to the influence of Timothy's grandmother and his mother in his life, how important that is. So what is Paul saying to Timothy? Well, he's reminding him that God is giving Timothy a spirit of power and love and self-discipline, that his capacity to, to do ministry, to preach confidently and to share the gospel and to invite others into a relationship, that those things can be hindered by fear. And so Paul wants to make sure that Timothy embraces a positive understanding and that actually Timothy might find a moment to withdraw when he's facing difficulties and so he wants to encourage him in this because of what paul has experienced growing up and so paul is trying very diligently to inspire timothy to overcome anything that's going to come against him any fear or any sense of being timid and to be able to have confidence to declare the gospel of jesus christ to remind him to remind timothy that he has a spirit of power and also what paul was doing here is reminding timothy of his dependence on, on God's empowering Spirit. That when we build new relationships, that those relationships can be overwhelming, and they can tire us out. But here Paul is reminding Timothy, he doesn't have to rely on his own strength. That the Holy Spirit's going to be there to provide the necessary power and the resources to fulfill this calling that God's placed on his life. And so this sense of belonging, this sense of belonging within the Christian community, isn't limited by anything, to be quite honest, by ethnicity or race or culture, that even diversity can enrich our faith journey. And so what is he saying? Well, he's saying when people find a place to belong, they become open to what we believe. And I think that's something in this particular time and place in our world that people want to belong before they believe. Much has changed in the way churches see themselves in the community And we need to first create a safe place for people to find community because relationship creates trust, which then leads to an influence. What we see in this idea of belonging is it's an investment over a long period of time. John Maxwell, the leadership guru, former pastor, has what he calls his 101% rule. He says that most people find 1% they disagree on and then spend 100% of their time focused on that. He says we should find 1% we agree on with others and spend 100% of our time focused on that. You see, that's what's important here, underscoring what we're for as followers of Jesus, not what we're against. And then to also know that there's a lot of things that we can learn from each other, from the different age groups, from the different generations, Gen Z, Millennials, uh, Boomers, uh, Elders, all of us together. It's interesting from the Barna group, to draw on a stat from them as we think about this, says that Gen Z teens, remember that's 11 to 26 years of age, 39% of them are more likely than older adults, especially boomers, they say, to say they often interact with people who, quote, do not share or do not understand the important parts of my identity, unquote. That comes out of their study, a diverse, inclusive generation who embraces differences. So let me ask this question. If you're In the Generation Z age group, are there any people who have intentionally invested time into your life or who have been a consistent presence through different seasons? And if so, I'd encourage you to think about reaching out, especially at this Thanksgiving season, just to say thank you and to say you're grateful for their love and support. And then if you're an adult who's not Gen Z, if you're older, The question I have for you is, how can you provide this sense of belonging to the next generation? And then as you ponder for a moment, is there anyone who comes to mind who you would like to pour into to offer them encouragement through mentoring and through a relationship? Ponder that and maybe reach out to them this week and say, hey, can we get together and talk? Again, as we work through this today, this idea of belonging, that it's what we're wired for, and that we also say it's something that has to be nurtured and celebrated. We also need to see it's something that has to be cultivated and also strengthened. Again, continuing with Paul's writing here in 2 Timothy, beginning with verse 8. He says, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he's made all this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. And God... Chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of his good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. What is he saying there? Well, part of it is underscoring this idea that our deeper sense of connection comes through challenges. And it's interesting here that Paul earlier said, Timothy, fan into flame the divine gift he possesses. Now, I think part of what we need to see here is how faith is a strong gift that needs to be developed and nurtured. Again, what does Paul underscore? Well, he wants us to see that God has saved us and that God has called us to a holy calling. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's not because of our works, but it's because of His grace. A life marked by holiness is one that is cultivated through the process of what we call sanctification. And I know that's a big word, big seminary kind of word, but the idea is it's a process that once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we begin this journey of becoming more Christ-like. One of the best ways that we can strengthen this concept of belonging in community is for us to understand God's work of redemption more fully in each of our lives as we live it out. Here's where it gets real simple, that all of us need God. All of us are equal in that need, that we need God's redeeming grace. And when we receive that grace, what that grace does is, first of all, it reconciles us to him, And then in reconciling us to him, we become reconciled with each other. Part of what we look at here in Paul's teaching is that all of us face challenges in life and that together we can build confidence and connection with both God and with other people. And to be reminded, as we looked at the words of Bonhoeffer of what community is all about, as we think about what the church is, so you think about the words that Bonhoeffer offered us about belonging and finding our place in community. It is that. It's a community of like-minded, mission-driven, purpose-centered followers of Jesus. Just that simple. Now, again, drawing on a Barna stat here, it's interesting. Barna says that demographically, Gen Z is more likely than Gen X and the boomers to be in discipleship relationship. They say this demographic pattern is consistent as we explore this idea of discipleship, that younger Christians are inclined toward a vibrant social experience of spirituality, they say. It's out of their survey called the need for mentors and in intergenerational connections. So think about this for a moment. If you're an older adult, we can often limit a younger person's exposure to the hard challenges we we're facing because we may feel like we are less worthy of being a role model when we encounter those things or to be a mentor. And the truth is, it's a season. At the same time, there are instances where this can be a healthy understanding if we let them see the difficulties we're pushing through. And there may also be instances where these seasons can be opportunities that are filled with rich learning and even vulnerability. And so think about this. Now, it may take some discernment and it needs to be appropriate, but let me ask you this. How might you honestly share some of the questions or challenges you are processing with a Gen Z individual that you may know? And let me ask you this question. What are you learning about your faith through the season you are in that you're facing currently that might benefit their formation as well? So here's where I want to end up today, that all of us, we must cultivate connections that lead towards belonging. We said at the beginning that God has wired us for belonging and that the Christian community nurtures and celebrates this belonging as we are able to create relationships and connections that can move us together towards a deeper and a richer sense of unity and even the variety and the common purpose that we can share. Because we're in a world that is frequently characterized, especially in this season, it seems as though with disconnect and isolation. And I want to say as clear as I can that Gen Z, from all that we understand, and from my personal experiences, is a group of people who are open and hungry to connect and to belong. The truth is they do have a lot of connections online or through their various social channels. But I want to suggest that it's the reliance on digital connections that often leaves them feeling disconnected and alone. So what we need to do as followers of Jesus, who are more mature and maybe a different age group, is is that we need to offer ways that teens, the Gen Z, can truly connect with God and others. So it's my prayer that I want this church to be a place and a space where young people can belong. And so let's pray towards that end. Father, help us through your Holy Spirit to create a space and a place where all can belong and feel connected to you. Thank you for the history of this church, in this community, and in this next season. Empower us to reach out in ways that are new and creative, and lead us through your Holy Spirit. And we pray it through the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being with us this week. So glad you tuned in. Again, would remind you that there is a link here to the Richland Gives effort. would invite your participation with that. And then be reminded that in all things you've been blessed to be a blessing. So go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week.